0: and welcome to A to Z of Detoxing, the podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Ruan-Goucher, and when I say welcome everyone, I really do mean everyone. So whether you buy only local organic produce or you've just popped your plastic to-go container into the microwave, this is a no-judgment zone. My goal is to get more people thinking about their toxic exposures as often as they think about diet and exercise. My team at Practical Non-Toxic Living and I are working to share productive conversations about how we can live well in a toxic world. And when I say toxic, here's what I mean. Since World War II, we've experienced a chemical explosion. More than 84,000 chemicals have been introduced into American commerce. They are integral in our lives as everyday useful products like shower curtains, lotions, mattresses, and toys. But some of the chemicals that make up our household products also make their way into our bodies. Whether they are safe is unknown. In November 2013, the EPA reported that it has been able to require safety testing on just 0.2% of more than 84,000 chemicals and less than a dozen chemicals have been regulated. While these numbers will change with newfound bipartisan support for more effective protection, for years to come we will not fully understand how these chemicals may affect our biology, such as our brains and nervous systems, reproduction, development, and diseases. In recent decades, scientists have made important discoveries on how these chemicals may harm our health. For instance, we now know that profound effects can occur from exposures to low doses of certain chemicals, not just from high doses. Generally, the more scientists have learned, the more they realize how little we know about the effects from our chemical explosion. It's worth remembering how long it took to understand the dangers associated with smoking cigarettes or using asbestos or lead paint. Historically, it takes years, sometimes a century, to prove and acknowledge that something is harmful. So what can we do to reduce our toxic exposures in the meantime? Well, I spent more than eight years researching how, and as a toxic exposures expert, as well as a mother of three, I continue to experiment with how to apply my expertise into my life. There are others who have wisdom to share, and we are here to talk with them. Join us by subscribing to A to Z of Detoxing, the podcast, to learn tips and tricks for practical non-toxic living. So for our second episode, I want to sit down with two members from my practical non-toxic living team. Ashley Cook and Eden Connolly, who have been on this journey with me for the past few years. I was able to sit down with Eden as we called Ashley on the phone. Have a listen. To begin with, Ashley, so how many years have you been with me? Like five years or? Over five. Over yeah, five years. Perfect. And what has the ride been like for you? Well
1: it's been I guess one collective ride, but it feels like many smaller ones, I think. Just because we've grown so much in so many different ways and um you know, every few months there's new hurdles to to um to jump over. So so it's really been so enlightening on so many levels, not only in the subject matter which is you know why we're here and uh, really you know the most important of the work we're doing but you know from a business standpoint um again from the topic from a personal growth um you know i love how our work has kind of improved my my personal health and i i think it's helped differently and more holistically so um it's really been a great and um transformative ride
0: yeah, it was hard to, I know when you and I first met, I remember I remember our meeting in the conference room and I, I think I, I remember saying to you, I have this blog with all this content that I think should be made into a book and I'm going to get it done in a year. <laughs> I had I <laughs> every year I thought it's almost done, it's almost done, and it ended up being um, over five years. <laughs> and I think what was so hard to predict was how comprehensive our toxic exposures are. And so once you start researching one thing, it is falling down a rabbit hole, and you discover so many different rabbit holes that I uh, I just had no idea. There were so many things to consider as head of a household.
1: Yeah, it's incredible too how, how much this information has become so much more mainstream. Um, I remember before I met you, I only heard of toxic exposures. You know, maybe other than my mother telling me as a kid, don't stand in front of the microwave. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of actual exposures, I only heard about it once, and that was Hormones and meat being linked to precocious puberty in girls, and I remember hearing that and thinking that ah, that sounds so weird. That can't be true. But now uh, I, the, the information's everywhere. People would look at me, kind of, you know, talk, you know, put their head to the side and say, "What kind of fuck do you do? What is this information that you're trying to, to disseminate?" And now it's very
0: accepted. I have noticed it's changed a lot. But every time I hear you, Eden, or someone else in my life tell me that, I, I'm still so enlightened because I guess I'm still so immersed in it. Eden, you've we've known each other nine years.
2: Yeah, it's um it's it's cool to have a measure of time be your oldest daughter, Taylor. <laughs> Um, and it's been the manifestation of this journey that you've been on. And it's amazing to see such a, just calm and healthy, um, nine-year-old. Um, and so it's crazy to have been, uh, kind of woven in and out of your family's life throughout these years, um, and kind of meeting you at different stages of this work and this subject matter. Um, and just being so invigorated along the way, I was just, I, you know, in my head the whole time, I was just like, go, Sophia, go, <laughs> you know, um, because I, this information was something that I, I sort of grew up with a vague idea of having a sense for, um, but I did not know the details or how to share that information with anybody else. And so, when you were doing your research, just, just, just where you were coming from, your background, um, your, your entry point to this subject matter was just so unique because I grew up like kind of around a bunch of hippies. So it was like, <laughs> you know, they were, they were talking about it. Um, some of them were very well researched, but I just think that your approach was, was just coming from a place of let me do the most thorough research that I possibly can. Um, and let me connect these dots um, and let me allow other people to connect the dots for themselves so it was just this very kind of um, grounded place that you were coming from Um, and i just thought that it was it 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 was just such a cool approach that i honestly have never seen before Um, and so to be able to reconnect at this point when you guys have done so much work on getting this book out there is literally an encyclopedia (laughs) And I think it's so cool that you guys, um, it's almost like you had no choice, but to give this extremely broad overview, you couldn't just publish a, you know, an alarming little portion of the book. It was like, no, we have to give this broad overview and through the process of you guys, um, you know, unearthing all of that, I feel like I've, I've witnessed you also arrive at, at more of a, of a calm and kind of practiced place in in this, um, and that is very inspiring because I think that a lot of people can learn this information, but they don't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah, you're right. I it wasn't until I knew the content of the book was completed. You know, the research was done, and I really had the lay of the land mm-hmm. of my family's toxic exposures that I felt grounded and calm. Because until I felt like I've got it all covered. I think I've got the main things covered. Until that point, I I I would it was more of an emotional roller coaster because there are many times I would discover something new and I would be crushed thinking, when will this ever end? Mm-hmm. When am I gonna learn about something else in my home that affects my children every day or every night? something that I could reduce and that took me eight years (laughs) to to figure out. And it was extraordinarily heartbreaking when I would discover these new things and it felt so unjust, so unnecessary, you know, not unjust meaning like it's somebody's fault. It's just, I felt so upset that I didn't know this stuff sooner. And I just became, you know, I think with every Heartbreak and discovering something new that was affecting my family or another family, I became more determined to get this book out written in a way that resonated with someone like me who came from who, first of all, never cared about the environment. And when I did hear people talk about the environment, I just dismissed their concerns. And three, someone with my background of being in finance, having to report frequently to an investment committee who is there to tear apart your arguments for either investing in something or not investing or or another kind of recommendation. And I felt like so many people from my world was not tack into on this issue and if I could just communicate in a way they're used to being communicated to, mm. then even more people would get on board and start learning more and making changes that will help all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it did feel like such, like I, I, I had, it was clear to me I could approach the topic in a in a unique way, because mm. I was seeking that when I was learning about this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like all that
1: research was just building your intuition and creating a new baseline for common sense. Yeah, right? and I feel like, and I feel like that's what the book is now offering to other people, and it's uh, a vehicle for others to create a new baseline for common sense. And mm. by reading the book, they can do it much quicker than than it took you to do all the research themselves <laughs>
0: Yes, definitely. And it can be, it can be overwhelming. It definitely can be overwhelming to learn. And it's hard to predict what will be an emotional landmine for someone. I think those emotional landmines are so unique depending on what they, what their familiarity with the topic already is. But I found it, what I wished for many throughout many years was to be able to turn to a mom who was informed and experienced with how to make, to live a practical, non toxic life, to be able to have her, to feel like she knew it all. But even after knowing it all, these are the key things that she focuses on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think right. that, you know, the end of my book focuses on just 10 key things, even the first three things are so high impact, but it's not as meaningful unless you, unless a person feels like, okay, these three or 10 high impact tips are coming from someone who really knows Mm -hmm. a lot about this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and my husband is someone who doesn't want to know details. If it resonates Mm -hmm. as being true that something is toxic, he'll just make the change. I, I was so skeptical. Just like Ashley earlier when you said you first heard about hormones in meat maybe causing uh, having something to do with precocious puberty, It's I often had the same reaction of, that can't be true. That's too crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah. It doesn't matter where that information is coming from. For you instance, know, going back to that moment again when I first learned about hormones in meat, if- the, the woman who told me, it was a good friend of mine, that I respect her so much, and I knew that she was so smart and did, didn't speak without thinking or doing research. So that really was, i maybe I even heard the information before, but that was the first time that I absorbed
0: it. Yeah, some things I had to hear more than once, more than three times, more than seven times before I could also accept, this is real. And um, yeah. I just wanted to be able to be among those voices because you never know when the light bulb will turn on for somebody. And I really respect that. I really have no judgment on that. I feel like this is really provocative for lots of reasons. For example, if you grew up with popping plastic containers full of food into the microwave, that's it's a really difficult thing to, it's difficult to accept that that's not a good thing to do. And it's then even, even after
2: you accept it, it's really hard to change habits. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. How do you, Sophia, when you were talking earlier about, um, you know, your goal of being able to like communicate with with another mother, um, what's your journey been like um, in realizing this stuff for yourself And I think one of the first things that we do when we when we learn these things is we want to share them with with people that we love. We want to share them with other people. Right. And it's I know from experience, it's 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 a that's a whole other territory. So can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like at first and maybe about like maybe if it's changed a little bit now?
0: it's been really scary to talk about with other people and i tend to be really shy about it and even if it does come up in conversation i i just find myself not wanting to talk about mm. it i feel like people now can read about it through my book or through <laughs> other you know many other great resources and and come to terms on it come to terms with things on their own timetable, but I don't really want to be there for the reaction. I think because I had some really powerful negative reactions Mm. early on. Mm. And I remember speaking, communicating with a group of moms about something. I don't remember what it was thinking I was helping. And I had a mom send a pretty mad email to me saying, you can't say the things you're saying and not tell me what the sources are who said them what's their background do they have credentials how old is the information i have breast cancer i have one daughter she's two years old i don't even know if i'm going to be around for her when she's five
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that was so crush- oh that was so crushing and devastating that traumatized me into wanting to cite every fact, mm. and that, that had a big impact on, it wasn't the only reason I wanted to cite sources throughout my, my book, but it was huge,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I think I wanted to do it anyways because I, just with my background in investment management, I knew it was just, it was that was part of my practice. Yeah. But to have that, yeah. to know I could have upset a mother in that situation the way I did was extraordinarily mm. traumatic because mm. I would never want, I never want to
2: hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Man, and and that I, made me afraid to speak. Yeah. And it's, it's like everybody knows somebody who is sick, you know, and, and chances are it's somebody who you love you know or you are sick yourselves and so it's and it's not that all of that can necessarily be you know completely linked to this subject matter but often it it can and so it's 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 such a sensitive um personal you know topic for so many people and yet if you're not the person who's talking about these and holding space for those conversations we already know that it doesn't it doesn't really happen in the mainstream, right? Because we didn't have that access to that. So it's such a tricky, it's such a tricky thing. And I wonder about like the kind of thought process that you go through when you do decide to share things or, you know, just... um... Yeah, it's been
0: a long journey and many times I have thought, and I still think after the book launched, but less so, but many times in creating the book, I thought, why me? I don't want it to be me. Why do I have to be the one to do this? And I also felt like I couldn't quit. I was, um, I was too pregnant with it, but mostly
2: I couldn't live with myself if I didn't finish the book. Ashley, when you mentioned that when you started working with Sophia, you were 23 years old and I think I was like 21 and one thing that I'm really grateful for is you were kind of doing all this research on um, breast milk and body burden and to me that was just such a profound lesson and awakening. Again, something that I'm I'm so grateful that my mother raised me with, with instincts towards these things but but to have them also um, coming from this other angle and in this other voice was just so phenomenal. So, I mean, just for instance, you know, using like not antiperspirant deodorants and, and, and but just, just framing my own health in a, in a way that was like, it's not just me, it's gonna be this vehicle for this other life one day maybe. And for that, I have a responsibility. <laughs>
1: with me every day of thinking from the Environmental Working Group and uh, Sophia writes about this in her book that uh, I think it was 2005 when they found almost 300 chemicals in, um, in newborn babies in the body in the cord blood of newborn babies and that is just heartbreaking and so you're absolutely right that's, knowing that ahead of time and before you even have children, not that you're ever going to get that number to zero because that's not realistic, but knowing that is just scary and yet empowering and also for um something that's always fascinated me is um the the study of epigenetics mm-hmm. that our lifestyle can affect not only our children but our grandchildren and maybe even generations past that, that that is mind-blowing mm-hmm. it truly is and i think that that more than anything inspires me to truly take care of myself as much as can because i think you
0: know not even put my kids but this is my entire family going forward. Mm. I'm so impressed that both of you at like in your early 20s were so open and responsive to this information because I would have just it would have bounced off of me and I would have thought that can't be true and mm. and I just would have kept working. I don't think I could really process that it really would affect, I I think I felt so disconnected from even babies Yeah. and everything changed when I, I was holding my infant and to, then I got it, it was only then when I had my own baby that I could really be open to this. I really couldn't have been earlier so I'm so impressed that you two are and were but I also had to learn this stuff while I had an infant while I was breastfeeding, while I felt like I had already damaged my child um, from choices I made and then being well pregnant with another one and you know learning about all these weight like they're not really mistakes but they're you know when you're learning about, all the ways you may be unintentionally harming your child to realize oh my god i did that it's heartbreaking and i to be able to share this information with men and women Mm -hmm. before they have a baby before they've had babies is so much better for everyone and it's more i mean they everyone deserves to know and so I also wanted to reduce the number of women who had to learn the way I did because you're right. emotionally in a very different place when you have just given birth or you're pregnant. Uh, and so that's not really, right. the, you know, there's a better time mm-hmm. for women to, to read this and it's before they get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, Any time is great, but before is ideal. And so Um, I I also know from experience that how one reacts to this content depends on what where they are in their own life Mm -hmm. and what's going on with them and those in their lives Mm -hmm.
1: you're right I think it's easy to not necessarily think of your children before you are trying to have them or if you are pregnant or or have them already but um, people are. age Oh, our uh, uh, Millennials are in their 20s, 30s, even teenagers. They, it's incredible of the, uh, the increase of disease and illness, and um, it's alarming. And I think that for, again, not only for pregnancy, but for just to you know, have the the background to think twice. of, you know, maybe I can, maybe my my chronic headaches are caused by poor indoor air quality. Um, to even have that as a thought, I think is, an, is a huge gift for anyone of any age. But it's something to start thinking about too, and, and that's not necessarily something that a lot of doctors have caught on to yet. Uh, really it's empowering in any stage of life, no matter even if you're not thinking of having children anytime soon or ever. Um, this is this is well relevant to everyone.
2: Totally. And and I really think it's it's like the missing piece, you know. I think in recent years we've organic is is totally normal now. I think there's organic you know produce in Walmart, like it's it's literally everywhere. It's on everybody's tongue. But I remember growing up, and that was that was a word nobody even knew, right? And so it's crazy how fast that has changed. Um, and then like things like yoga and you know different kind of um, spiritual awakenings and, and physical kind of ways of maintaining well-being and just just wellness being a consideration for folks like it's now definitely a part of the national dialogue um, and that's a beautiful thing and within that the yeah. this this filter that is constantly missing that I I certainly wasn't focusing on is this you know environmental toxins piece we're really trying to have just a, just a broad understanding of of health and wellness and and how you know these things around us affect the way that we feel and we live
1: yeah and i, I never even thought of using the book this way but i'm to think of it you know sometimes we feel sick and we have our theories of why and we'll go to the doctor and we won't know uh so it was kind of in the dark and maybe again we turn to our theories of And mm.
0: And that was another hope is that a patient could give this book to his or her doctor and sit and just ask, give the book to the doctor and ask, what, what do you think of it? Would you mind taking a look and let me know what you think? Uh-huh. Because I think th- there, you learn from the book, the book talks a bit about the lack of training on environmental factors, especially toxic exposures that physicians get in medical school. So they just aren't trained. And and more patients should be aware of that. And I think, I don't know what, it's hard to generalize, it's not fair to generalize, but I don't know if most physicians think because they, they haven't really been informed about it that it's not a real threat or not a real factor in health. And so I wanted also to have the in-text citations so that if it were a physician, a physician could look up the studies and realize there is a lot of data on this and there's a lot of really credible data on this, which will just bridge the communication gap between physicians and patients Mm -hmm. so that more communities can come together, get on the same page, and collectively work towards solutions that are better for a greater group of people
2: i love that you just went there i feel like we're we're probably wrapping up here and i'm i'm so curious uh hopes and dreams for like big big dreams for for this book and for this material and this content
0: my truest hope and dream which is not that big, it doesn't sound that big, but it's just for, it would make me so happy to know that it truly helps someone. I really, I want to say I don't care how many people, but I guess my greatest hope is the more people, the better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I actually need more people to care and, the, and decision makers to care so that the world is a better place for my kids. So I guess my biggest hope and dream is that my children will have a healthier, safer world, safer future, and I don't really see it naturally going in that direction now, so I feel compelled to help work towards it.
1: Someone said it was just going to be the new Bible. i mm-hmm. like I I just think of again I like brain and Rachel Carson and how how much of that was the Bible to this topic and I feel like this is the new one. And again, mm-hmm. not because I look
2: on it, because I feel like it, it's that good. I I honestly feel similarly to what Ashley just said. Um Yeah, it's special, you know? It's it's because people have done this research, right? But it's kind of felt like it was sort of in silos or nobody has really that I've that I've seen bridge the gap between that research and just just the general public and being able to kind of occupy both those spaces um and 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 translate and and the fact that it's coming from from you you know you're you're so grounded and and um and just wise and you know you're a mother and you know you're you're so hardworking and you're just very kind of, I think you have a lot of, um, you know, so many different qualities that you possess and that, and so the way that this information has kind of, that you've ingested, processed, but then the way that it comes back out of you is in this way. That's, I I don't want to say feminine. Um, but, but it's, it's, it has a touch to it. That's, that's, there's a mother touch to it, basically, and so I just can't think of any greater vehicle for communicating this very dense information. And and for that reason, um, I think that it 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 is it feels like this solid Bible or reference point that I feel like I could literally hand to anybody. Um, it, it to me it matters a lot that I can hand it to my boyfriend or my father you know and and not to completely genderize this thing but you know people process information in different ways and sometimes i found that sometimes the men in my life were a little bit more resistant to um this information and quicker to be like yeah, it's not true it can't be true and so to be able to have this <laughs> this all mapped out in in a way that's pretty undeniable um is just so special, uh, and it and it just gives me, yeah, just endless amounts of um, of inspiration and, and you know invigoration in figuring out how we can continue to push this message out um, in a way that is uh, that people want to take to it, you know, in a way that's not you know lopping them over the head with it, but but offering it to them, and it's there when they when they come.
1: It's true being so kind but truly one of the kindest people
0: i think i've ever met and i think this book is is a gift from someone who genuinely cares about you mm. about about all of us that. that's so nice of you to say <laughs> <laughs> um i you know i know earlier i said i i feel so blessed that this book has brought the three of us together and as i was listening to you two talk i was realizing what What's really beautiful about it is that we're together not really because about it's not because of the book, it's not me. We are drawn to a cause or this greater calling or movement to just help more people learn about something that affects them every day in their homes. That they're easy changes people can make to help themselves and help their kids and or help their loved ones and it's I feel really lucky that I have you two who also have clicked with this with caring for others um, we are a caring group <laughs> <laughs> it's a very very kind good-hearted <laughs> caring group and, Uh, who just feel like this is important, and it feels right, and I'm so glad I have you too. I feel lucky
2: too. (laughs) Me too.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Join me on my journey for practical non-toxic living by subscribing to this podcast and following me online. Just visit my website, non for more. That's non Even better, buy your copy of my book, A to Z of Detoxing. It's the only book you'll want to help you reduce your toxic exposures. It's sold worldwide, including on Amazon. Until next time.